Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to r slash Petty Revenge where the revenges don't destroy lives, but they're still so, so satisfying. And in this episode, OP's psycho new neighbor won't stop calling cops on him over his grass, guys. And OP decides to get creatively petty. I hope you enjoyed today's lineup of stories. Hit subscribe if you haven't. And as always, you can send your stories to this email right here or link them. All right. So I'm a grocery store cashier for a very small chain in southeastern Michigan. For six hours a day, four days a week, I ring order after order of groceries. And believe me, it gets monotonous. So about a week or two ago, it was a super busy day. I'd been going nonstop for two hours with no time between customers. And that's when, during the short five-minute lull that miraculously arrived, a Karen comes along. I went through my usual spiel of hi, how are you, paper or plastic, etc. and start ringing her groceries. The woman had a lot of fruits and vegetables, which is cool. It's better than a lot of the things I have to ring. Don't ask, seriously. And then came the grapes. Now don't get me wrong, I love grapes. Grapes are sweet, crunchy, tart, and they don't require any real prep before you eat them. My issue wasn't the grapes, but it was the large spider that was in the bag with the grapes. I have a serious spider phobia. When I was a kid, a spider bit me on the arm, and over the course of a few days, my parents thought it was just a mosquito bite or something, and it swelled up into a big, hard lump the size of a softball. I still vividly remember the night they finally realized that they needed to take some action and rushed me to the nearest hospital. It was traumatizing. Ever since, I can't see a spider without shrieking and freezing up. Any other bug in the house is completely fine. But if I see a spider, one of my brothers has to come rescue me. So as you can imagine, the large bag of grapes with the spider did not go over well. I managed to mostly quell the shriek. Instead, I just let out a strangled yelp and jolted back from the register and the offending bag and refused to touch it again until the spider was very dead. My grocery store is one of those that has a separate bagger job, so I wasn't alone at the register. There was a very nice kid who was my current bagger, and he was kind enough to come around, remove the spider-infested sack of fruit, and went to get Karen a new bag. I then apologized and start to scan again. Now, as soon as he left, the ridicule began. Karen says to me, It was just a damn spider. Why did you freak out? Are you seriously telling me that a grown-ass woman had to have a teenage boy rescue her from an itsy-bitsy spider? Now, hearing Karen say that, I didn't even get a chance to respond. The Karen just kept going on and on with, How pathetic. Get over it. It was just a pea-sized spider at best. And I carried that bag all the way over here, and I'm terrified of spiders. I was fine. You shouldn't have an issue swiping it and moving on for five seconds. The woman just goes on and on. Meanwhile, I just had to sit there and just smile at her. So as soon as the boy comes back, she shut up, and she was all smiles and compliments for him being such a nice young man. And that was where I decided to get petty. Now, in my store, produce is rung one of two ways. 
Now it might be the same everywhere, I don't know, but anyways. It's either rung up by counts or by weights, so we have a scale built into the register to weigh items. Grapes are priced weight, so I went ahead and dropped the nice new spider-free bag onto the scale. And while I typed in the produce code, I made sure to ever so stealthily place my thumb on that scale and apply the slightest bit of pressure, magically turning the 2 pounds 7 ounces into 4 pounds 2 ounces. And at 3 dollars per pound, it made a difference. Now mind you, Karen had a huge order, so that 1 pound 7 ounce didn't noticeably affect the total. But if Karen was gonna mock me like that, then turn around like she'd done nothing wrong and praise my coworker, she was gonna have to pay for it. And pay for it she did. Yeah guys, so this is pretty darn petty. And just scrolling through the comments, I had no idea this little thumb on the scale thing was so commonly used. Like, apparently butchers use it, grocery store cashiers, candy store employees, like anywhere that has a scale, guys. Oh my goodness. So yeah, if you're a nice person to those who serve you, you have nothing to worry about. But if not, be careful, because you might pay for it. Literally. Alright, so many years ago, I was dating someone that hurt me, humiliated me, and didn't stop to think how it could backfire on him. The guy pursued me, I liked him, and we hit it off. We spent a lot of time together, dinners, going out, many nights at his place, etc. We were dating, and everything seemed great. Well, some time into dating, he hurt me. I discovered lies, secrets, other women, and he was also really mean and hurtful to me when I found this out. I realized it was all lies and games to him. I was sincerely heartbroken and disappointed in him. As my last communication to him, I decided to email him instead of speaking to him on the phone. I went through the disappointment I had in him, wasting my time and emotions, etc. Basically my closure with him. Well, I start getting notices in my email account, and at first, I thought they were spam, not bothering to see what the emails were in regard to. I finally take a look to see what's going on, and that's when my heart drops and I gasp. The guy had forwarded my email to all of his friends. It was a group of male and female friends, couples, singles, a lifetime group of friends, best of friends. They were going back and forth laughing at me, mocking me, calling me pathetic, saying I deserve the pain for being stupid trusting him. The list goes on and on, and I was included in all the replies. It was horrible. I then cried for a minute until I realized something. I realized that I had in possession the red flags I ignored. It hit me at that moment all the things he had said about his group of friends, all the stories I heard, and all the secrets I knew. That's right, I then gathered myself, poured myself a nice drink, laughed and said, it's on. I then replied to the group email saying, I'm glad you guys found my hurts entertaining, my personal life not respected, and your friend's behavior acceptable. My expressing myself to him and how things ended is not shameful. What he did with my email and me is shameful. But since you guys enjoy this type of entertainment, I figure why not join in on the fun? It was at that point I go through the whole list of friends. Nobody was safe. I go and say, so Jackson, you're not included in any activities and invites because they think your wife emasculated you. They laugh behind your back saying that she's cut off your balls, so no one respects you anymore. And also to Emily, his wife, no one likes you. They think you're stuck up and they laugh at you because that rock you flaunt is glass. It's not even a real diamond or any other real stone. 
And Jamie, for the one that says I deserve to be treated this way and hurt, aren't you the one that just had her violent, abusive boyfriend destroy your whole apartment? For what, the third time in a row already? And didn't you go crying to your friends about it? I guess you might have deserved that as well, huh? And just so you know, everyone thinks you're an idiot too for being with the guy that treated you that way. Welcome to the club. I went down the list and revealed everything. Every secret, everything they thought and said about each other, etc, etc. And everything they didn't know and didn't want others to know. I then end the email with, Wow, this was fun. I'm so glad we did this. I feel so much better now. And if anyone's hurt, upset, or feels violated, humiliated, angry, don't you bother emailing me. Talk to your friend that thought that this was a great idea. And also remember, you guys thought it was a great idea, and fun as well. The silence after that email was the sweetest sound ever. Months after that, my ex messages me. He tried apologizing, told me all of his friends dropped him, he had nowhere to stay, and asked if he could sleep on my couch, and I told him no. That whole group disintegrated instantly from what I said. It was chaos, relationships ended, and no one remained friends after that. The only thing that they were in agreement with was that they hated him. Now, when this happened, I didn't even stop to think of what the outcome would be. The only thing on my mind was giving them the taste of feeling what I felt. So talk about a huge fallout to that petty revenge, guys. So the moment OP said, I gathered myself, poured myself a drink, I was thinking, "Uh uh-oh, she's about to ruin people. And I was definitely right. They all deserved what they got. Like, the boyfriend forwarding that email to all of them is one thing, but for them to all reply to that email, including OP into the conversation, yeah, those are sucky people. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. So here's a little background information. My wife and I purchased our house a few years ago, and the day we moved in, our neighbor Roger called the cops on us for moving in too loud. We weren't playing music or even talking amongst ourselves. It was just my wife and I moving belongings into our new house. So the cops came and I explained that I was just moving in, and they apologized for bothering us. Roger, in all of his retired proud boy glory, comes out of his house immediately after they left to let us know that he's the one that called the cops. And in more words, he says he's setting the tone for our new life. The guy basically says that we have to live by his rules in this neighborhood, or else kind of deal. We thought, okay, we're living beside this kind of neighbor. Even still, we were super cordial with this guy because we wanted to make a good first impression in our new neighborhood. It was our first home and it was important to us to make it homey. 
So a little while later, our first son is born. We let our property fall to the back burner while we adjusted to parenthood, and a few newspapers did pile up in our driveway, and in the rain, they sort of just melt onto our driveway, all on our property. So one day, Roger comes knocking on our door to complain. I tell him I'm sorry that we let it get away from us. I explain that we have a newborn son and I would get to it as soon as possible. That's when he digs in and starts telling me that how when he was a new father, he didn't let anything affect his property. And he tells me that I'm just being too damn lazy. I then say to him, then why don't you pick it up if you're so worried about it? To which he says, no, I want you to pick up the effing mess. This is an effing eyesore. Now I was trying to be semi-cordial still because I'm not interested in conflict with my neighbor. So I told him, fine, I'll get to it, and then he left. Later that year, Roger comes over one day to ask if he can trim the tree that hangs over my fence on his side of the fence. Now I'm fine with that, so I say no problem. And he casually mentions how one time, when a 17-year-old kid who's friends with his delinquent drug addict son at the time broke into his garage, he hit him in the head with a baseball bat until the boy was silly and the police came. And when the police came, he was cleared of all responsibility because it was a break-in. He's still smiling and laughing while telling me this. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy is an effing psychopath. Well, it's been a couple of years later now, with a few more minor run-ins, but nothing too significant. And my wife and I just had our second son one month ago. About 10 days ago, my son's not even three weeks old at this time, I get a notice on my door saying that my lawn is in violation of my city's code. I had mowed it two days before my son was born, so it's been about three weeks since I mowed it. And it's been raining since. I have 48 hours to comply. I call the number on the card and no answer, so I call the non-emergency line to verify what my responsibility is, because of the vague wording on the door hanger. It's because one of the types of grass on my lawn is over 12 inches tall. The majority of grass was like 2 to 3 inches long, but there was another type there as well that grew faster. I told them that I'm a new father and to ask for an extension to deal with it later. They said don't even worry about the lawn, just take care of the baby. So now, with some newfound confidence, I mow my lawn in a spiral shape leaving lots of grass remaining as a middle finger to whoever called the cops on me about my lawn. And we know who it was at this point in the story, right? So a couple of days later, Roger talks to me over our shared fence and asked about my lawnmower and asks if it's busted or something. I told him, no, I just have more important priorities than mowing my lawn. I tell him about my new son and then asked if he was the one that called the cops on me about it. He says he called the code enforcement officer, but not on me. He called them on my new neighbors on my other side, which was a really nice Mexican family who's always diligent about their lawn and is always working outside on their new property, so I doubt it. He says the code enforcement officer must have happened to notice my lawn when they went to follow up on his call next door. At this point, I say something along the lines of, Look, I'm a pretty cool guy. If you have a concern about my property, then you can speak to me directly. The guy swears up and down that he didn't call on me and that it was just a coincidence. So about a week after that, yesterday, he comes knocking on my door, and I know what's coming. I kind of answer the door, chuckling, and greet him. And he's kind of chuckling too at this point because it's effing ridiculous. He says to me, hey, so you said I could talk to you if I had an issue with your property. I tell him, yeah, by all means. He then gestures to my lawn and asks what this is all about. He's like, why is there a big middle finger cut into your lawn? Is that supposed to mean something? Are you telling someone to F off? 
I tell Roger, well, it's kind of like a middle finger to whoever called the code enforcement on me. But don't worry, you said it wasn't you, so you shouldn't have to worry about this middle finger. Hearing me say that, he's irate. He says if the middle finger is to him, and that's when I stop him and remind him again that he told me he did not call them on me, so he shouldn't feel targeted. He ignores me completely and restarts his sentence the same way again. So I cut him off again and say, I'm specifically telling you that it's not a middle finger to you, Roger. He then says, if it is a middle finger to me, this means war. Over what? I ask him, laughing. Now Roger's getting bigger and huffier by the second and more aggressive. He then tells me that I'm a lazy piece of crap and that my property is in shambles and that all the other neighbors mow their lawn. I remind him that I have a newborn son and that my lawn isn't important right now. He then puffs up as big as he can and says, I never had this issue when I was a new father. I told him I don't give a crap about what he did as a dad. Now ironically enough, his drug addict son lives in the house and he causes trouble in the neighborhood regularly. Cars are peeling out, people are screaming at each other, and drug addicts are always waiting outside. It's at this point he tells me that he's going to call the code enforcement on me every single day. And I tell him to get the F off my property, and he says, move me. So I tell him that I'm calling the cops, and he says do it, so I grab my phone and start dialing. He then walks to the sidewalk and keeps yelling at me how I'm a lazy bastard and I'm unfit to own my own property. The cops end up coming to speak with us, it was very anticlimactic. They did, however, make sure to let him know that he needs to get off my property when I say so, and that's all I wanted from them. Tomorrow, I'm going to take my hedge trimmers and mow my maze down to 11 inches. F you, Roger. Yeah, so OP's neighbor definitely seems a little bit unhinged, guys, and a lot of people are warning OP to be really careful and to not poke the guy too much because you never know what people are capable of. Like, especially when he tells that sadistic baseball bat story, right? Like, who just casually tells people, you know, one time a guy broke into my house and I had a baseball bat around, so I literally left his brains on the floor. But it's okay, cops let me go because it was self-defense. So yeah, if I were in OP shoes, I might be looking at moving because I don't want to raise my kids beside a neighbor like that. But who knows, guys, maybe he's actually a nice guy and he just doesn't like looking at overgrown lawns. So this is a story from my childhood. My best friend had some really weird neighbors. They were constantly walking through the woods on the edge of their 20-acre property to spy on all their neighbors. The edge of their property that was by my friend's house was a good three-minute walk from their house, but they would routinely go out of their way to walk over at near-darkness hours to make sure nothing had changed on my friend's property during the day. There was a small chicken wire fence that separated the property, so the dogs couldn't wander off but it provided no visibility blockage at all. One day, I was playing in the yard with my friend after dinner, and we heard some snapping branches in the woods. We hid behind a tree in my friend's yard and watched to see what kind of critter was making the noise, as we do have bobcats, coyotes, bears, and deer. We eventually see both of her neighbors come out of a large bush they'd been hiding in. They had to have been there the whole time we were out there because we would have heard them come out and enter the bush. So they were squatting in there, watching us for nearly an hour, We then ran inside and told my friend's dad about it, and he was obviously livid. The next day, a few dads came by and put up a fence along the whole property line. However, instead of building it up right against the existing chicken wire, which was technically on my friend's property, they left a three-foot gap between the two fences. In this gap, they dumped a bunch of blackberry vines that they'd cut back from somewhere else on the property. Now, if you've ever dealt with blackberry bushes, you know they grow fast, tall, and entwine themselves in everything in their path. 
Not to mention they're prickly as hell and a pain in the ass to get rid of. So in a couple of years, these blackberry bushes were as tall as the fence and created a prickly barrier that was constantly trying to take hold in the spying neighbor's yard. The neighbors complained many times and even offered to remove the bushes themselves. But since the bushes weren't on their property, they couldn't do a damn thing about them. So for the last 20 years, the neighbors have been having the battle to keep the bushes off their property every spring and are still paying the price of being creepy a-holes to children. Guys, what in the world? Like, the blackberry bushes was a pretty good petty revenge. But for something like that, I think I'd have to take care of it right away. Like, if I caught two creepy adults hiding in bushes all the time, watching my kids play and spying on neighbors, I'd be pretty angry and might have to lay the smack down right then and there. Hashtag I'm very badass, guys. Don't mess with me. But seriously, jokes aside, those creepy folks were lucky to not encounter a raging papa or mama bear who likes teaching lessons with ass whoopings right then and there. So this happened a few years ago, when I was 23 years old. I had a very old and possibly hallucinating neighbor that would bang on my wall all the time, even when I wasn't doing anything. It was constantly waking me up, and I would yell, I'm sleeping, I'm effing sleeping, followed by bang, bang, bang. Now I tried everything, including knocking on his door and calling him, and the guy refused to communicate. He just knocked on the walls and reported me to management for moving furniture when I was asleep. The cops also got called on me, but I didn't do it. All the cops saw was a 23-year-old kid, and they were like, sure, buddy, just turn the music down. It was at that point I knew I had to prove it. So I went out of town, but I set up a ring camera in my room. They were on sale for like 70 bucks, and I was planning on returning it after using it. Whenever he knocked, I would have the footage. I then asked my roommate to document the cops being there as well. He set up a corner for his phone, and he would answer the door when the cops came saying, Hey guys, the neighbor's hearing things. OP's not even here. Sorry. At this point, the tables turned. Management was at this point telling him to stop calling the cops, and the guy didn't comply. Cops start showing up every single day, even when I wasn't home. I left notes on the door saying that he's crazy, and I nearly found a new place, until I decided, no, let's just get petty. One day, I arrived home with some giant speakers, like massive. I'm thinking, if he's gonna call the cops on me, I might as well give him a real reason to. So I put the speakers right up against the wall and cued the USSR national anthem. The guy was so old, so my thought was, he probably hates this crap. I then plugged in a microphone as well, as I'm a musician, so I have several laying around. I was so excited. It was 8 o'clock, and all I had to do was wait for the banging. And I didn't have to wait long. My ears were distorting. The mic fed back and the noise was insane. That's when I stopped the music and screamed, I wasn't making any noise, but I am now. Stop waking me up, idiot. Of course, there was no response. The guy did call one more time a few days later, but I was here for the cops this time. And I showed them the ring video and said he was harassing me. Now, I don't know what happened with the cops that night, but the guy stopped banging after that. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash petty revenge. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's super satisfying stories. If you did, hit that thumbs up and subscribe if you haven't already. And if you missed yesterday's episode on the channel, I'm going to link it right here. An insane Karen tries to steal Opie's baby, and she has the nerve to call for help when Opie fights back. It's such an outrageous story, so go check it out if you haven't. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you.